Hey there, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another stop on the Michaud Mission. Two men, one podcast, every black film ever. My name is Len, a.k.a. the Bat Tribble of Black Tribbles. And I am joined by my partner, Vincent Williams of Vincent Williams. Of It's All Soul. It's All Soul. On G-Town Radio. <laughs> we figure we get our plugs. Right, right, right. Because right. <laughs> right, right. we forget them at the end. <laughs> right. and just be ready to roll out. Um, thank you for uh, taking this mission with us tonight. We are going to be presenting for you from 1994, the directorial debut of Bose Yakin. It is called Fresh. Just watching the world pass you by. Think as long as you ain't drowning, everything's all right. New York City. If I have me a million dollars, I'll give me a Porsche 959. Well, who cares? Because you ain't never going to have a million dollars anyway. In a world of deep loyalties. You get bigger, you're going to be the man. We're going to put it on speed today. Where survival means saying nothing. That's right. What one boy saw... Go tell somebody you saw something! ...could have made him the next victim. This is the second homicide you've been mixed up with in as many weeks. I didn't see nothing. Now what he knows is changing the power of the streets. You're just a little kid in way over his head. You want my king. You got to come get my king. I'm a dropper, man. I'm a go. Drop him. You always trying to scare me, but I ain't scared of you no more. Fresh. Critics call it powerful and riveting, electrified. And Siskel and Ebert Hale, two thumbs up. Samuel L. Jackson, Giancarlo Esposito, Nabouche Wright, and introducing Sean Nelson. You ready for the real thing? You ready to come get it? You ready to be the king? Right, skin. So, this is my choice, and, um... A couple of I don't I'm not going to say disclaimers, but but I I do have to say you know I think these initial episodes when we choose this would not necessarily have been a part of you know maybe even my top dozen, but uh, you know we were going to do another movie and just programming it didn't work out like right. we're saving it for another episode and I was you know flipping through um Netflix and just looking and and it popped up like you know how Netflix pops up said so, you know you've watched this. So we think you'd like that. Right. So, right. you know, I like 90s black movies. So I said, you like this? You might. And I said, oh, yeah, we should do fresh. So we did fresh. And I have to say, I don't know if I've seen. I think I've, I think maybe this was my third time watching fresh. Like, I know I watched it when it was in the movies. Right. And, you know, one I'm, of the few. One of the few that watched it when it was in the movies. Right, 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 right. Because it was it. You know, it, it's one of these films that you can see it didn't quite fit mm-hmm. in a couple of different things. Like, like I always joke and I have friends that you like, like I'm a big fan of the, what I call the regular ass nineties movie. Right. You know, whether it's the wood or, or, um, you know, the ink well or, or, or Jason's lyric, like just those sort of movies that, that like, Tay Diggs paid his mortgage <laughs> making, you know, the, the, the best man, you know, those kind of froth, not frothy, but kind of just solid nineties movies. And, and I think, you know, fresh came out in 94 and it seemed like it was, you know, it came out in the nineties and it had this predominantly black cast. Right. So, you know, you thought it would fall under that. And then, you you know, I'm sure like like, you know, you, you can hear from the trailer and the way they cut the commercial that you also maybe thought it was this sort of crime movie, you know, crime and, and it's drug drug dealers and and this. And then you watch it and it's this sort of, you, you know, is is like looking at my notes. I think the words that I kept writing down, I, I wrote down quiet. I wrote thoughtful. Mm-hmm. I wrote reserved. Yes. And yes. Yeah, that's a really and, good and, word. You know, because it really is this this movie where, where, you know, just to circle back. Well, I guess we should say what it's about. So so Sean Nelson plays Fresh, a character nicknamed Fresh. And Fresh is, a, you, you know, he's a low level drug dealer. 
Um, wouldn't, I wouldn't even call him a drug dealer. I think yeah, I wouldn't. He, he's a drug runner. He's a drug he's runner. He's a runner. Uh, the, 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 the plot synopsis basically is that Fresh, or who's, um, whose government is Michael, right. is a 12-year-old kid running drugs for gangsters, notably Esteban, played by uh, Giancarlo Carlo Esposito. Yes. Yeah. Uh, this is inspired, inspired by the chess lessons of his father, uh, speed chess master Samuel Jackson, Fresh devises and executes a brilliant plan to extricate himself and his drug-addicted sister, uh, and Boucher Wright, from their hopeless lives. And and as the movie unfolds, you see him make these moves yeah. to get out of this life. But by that description, you would think this is a violent, yeah. blood-soaked movie. Yeah, like he's going to use... The, the the chess metaphor for how he's just right like, for war and it's gonna be but I think you know there there's less than a half dozen instances of violence in this film. It's always in the air. You you know, kind of permeates the, the, the situation, but actual violence is not as present as you would think of you know, a movie with that description would be. And um I was really surprised by how much I like this movie. You were surprised by that? I was surprised because I liked it even more than I, because I remember when it came out, I liked it. But I don't remember liking it as much as I liked it when I just saw it, if that makes sense. I feel like that was a very garbled up sentence. I think I've always been a fan of Sean Nelson, who it's worth saying had turned 13. Like he had just turned 13 when this movie started. This is his first picture this is his first film okay um i always think about sean nelson he he was in fresh and then he was also did you watch homicide yeah homicide do you remember he was in the episode of homicide not too long after this uh, right it, it, it it must have been filmed at the same time but it came on a year after and he played a a, a young boy who had murdered another young boy yes and yeah. the whole episode was about him kind of you know trying to be hard trying to and there's this amazing scene at the end of the episode where Andre Brower, who who plays uh, Detective Pimpleton. Frank Drummond. Oh, Pimpleton. Right. You're, Pimpleton. Thinking, you're thinking about uh, Brooklyn. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, he plays uh, Pimpleton and and the judge basically throws the book at the young at a young J Sean Nelson and, and, and Pimpleton says to him, yeah, if it's real now, isn't it? And I'll never forget, he kind of tells him, you, you know, he kind of gives him some quick advice. He slides him his card and he says, you know, but whatever you do, keep your ass against the wall because he's a little he's he's a boy. Right. And I just remember there's this and, and it's very evocative of scenes in Fresh where he doesn't say anything. The camera just stays on his face and you see silently all the bravado. And all of it just melt away. Mm. And he's a kid. And he's now, as Pimbleton says, realizing the situation that he's in. And it is it is just this magnificent display of acting. Yeah. Just just acting. And I think that is something that you see in fresh from top to bottom like i said i remembered sean nelson i remember being so impressed by him because he was so young what i had forgotten was just how good samuel l jackson was i had forgotten just how good giancarlo esposito was i had forgotten and ambush wright does not have a lot to work with you know she's in maybe three or four scenes but i had forgotten how good she was mm -hmm. and everyone in this film is just teaching a master class of acting, you know, just acting. And it is, it is one of these things that, that unfortunately you don't see this caliber of the mastery of craft mm -hmm. of acting, mm -hmm. you know, uh, actors of color don't oftentimes get a chance to really, you, you know, let this out. Like, you know, I wrote in my notes, um, you know, ha, 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 who would have thought Giancarlo Esposito would have played a calculating drug dealer with um a, with a textured personality? You know, this is, of course, 20 years yeah. before Breaking Bad. Exactly. But, but you know, he, uh, Giancarlo Esposito should have been a star. Like, he should have been a breakout star. And, and you know, he's just one of these character actors that um kind of 
has has worked on the fringes until you know as i just said you know he broke out in breaking bad uh in bush right i don't think ever no got the no. the opportunities that she should have gotten mm-hmm. you, you know from this period like like i was trying to think you know i think she was in you know i, I was like well what else was she in you know she was in blade she was in dead presidents you, you know like her 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 filmography isn't as varied as it or or as as broad as it should have been and samuel jackson of course became samuel jackson which he is which to his credit he's played to the hilt he has played to the hilt but i think i i think oftentimes when we think of samuel l jackson it's like capital s capital l capital j and and he's very it's very big right and you forget that he can play small mm-hmm. and he can play reserved and and you you know as you say Samuel Jackson plays his estranged father and and you know you have these you, you know so again it's only a number of scenes because Sean Nelson really carries the film yes so so he only has a number of scenes with Samuel Jackson but they're wonderful scenes they're wonderful and and you see this complicated relationship between this father and this son and and the way they express their 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 love through chess you you know and how this you, you know and how this kind of expresses itself so that's what i mean by i was surprised i was okay. surprised and i haven't even you know discussed um the direction i, I think boaz yakin this is his first boaz yakin i said it boaz totally, well well no totally no let me up. just say this and if i mispronounce his name it's the ignorance of my tongue not my heart so i'm I, no i, I could have been wrong because i right. said boaz yakin right right well whoever however you pronounce it we've got it covered we've got it covered and it's it's a beautifully shot film it is it's a beaut like there are scenes in this film that are just like like i like i had to stop the film a couple of times and just look at the shots you know there's one shot in particular where where fresh goes to visit his sister nicole nicole you know played by ambush right and and the room is purple. Remember, because she's staying yeah. with with uh, James with James, the drug dealer boyfriend. And the room is purple. And and you know, Ambush Wright and and Sean Nelson are both very brown. So you have th- these these wonderful chocolate browns and purples. Mm. And the light is coming through this kind of lavender curtain. Mm-hmm. So the light has this purple. And and there's a print on the wall. You, you know, it's like the the fleur de um fleur de the, the fleur de lure print on on the wallpaper, right. and it's just so gorgeous the way it's lit, the way it's staged, the way both of them are on the screen. It almost takes you out of the film at this point because it's so beautiful. There are moments like that throughout, like like there's a moment where where Sean Nelson goes to visit one of the one of the um heroin dealers, and it, you remember it's in a factory. Where they pulp paper. Oh yeah, and it's, it's all the stacks of the shredded it's paper. It's all this, but the paper is are, are you know there there's all these wonderful colors. Mm-hmm. So it almost looks like a field of flowers, mm-hmm. but it's all shredded paper. When they go to the used bookstore to get yep. the textbooks, and it's it's it looks like it's a Chinese used bookstore because you know you have all the Chinese writing everywhere and and, and the um, owners and and it's the same thing. You have all of these colors. And I, you know, the, what I what I thought, and and I looked up, and it was true. Boaz Yakin is a New York native. Yep. And I, you know, I always say no one shoots New York like New York like New Yorkers. Mm-hmm. Like you know, you think about Scorsese, you think about Woody Allen, you think about Spike Lee. Like the love of the city just permeates and and comes out even in 1994, where we're in the middle of the crack epidemic. And, yeah. and and you're in the middle of this thing. And, you know, as I said, I think part of the reason that Fresh falls through the ha-ha-ha crack, fall, fell through the cracks, is because it's almost too beautiful. Like, it's almost too beautiful to look at when you think about what was going on. You think about the depictions of of um the drug war and, and the drug culture at this moment. Mm-hmm. And it's a beautiful picture. So, you know, I guess that's my sort of initial my initial salvo i feel like i've been talking for a long we, we, well i think we're, one of the reasons why it, it fell through the cracks is that as beautiful as as it was like you pointed out mm-hmm. i think it also is it's a movie that is a little bit 
too real because as mm-hmm. great as the shots were and they were especially the, the one shot that you you were you were talking about a shot that that stays in my mind fresh is on the streets like uh uh selling the drugs for for one of the guys i think the, the guy's named james this big uh KC and Jojo looking dude. Um, he, he, uh, and you know, a car pulls up. It's like, yo, you know, I need, I need, like, need like two and fresh gets the high sign. So he goes to, goes into the building to get the drug. Cause you don't keep the drugs on you. Right. And the way that he, Boaz shot that scene is not to see fresh, like, cause he's sitting up on a car not to see him like hop off a car and then go up into the go up into the building, but you actually see him go into the building through the broken out window of a car that's on the street. So and you're you're outside the car, looking into the car, looking through the outside back window, and it's through there that you can see Fresh going up the steps into the building, and it just told me like you said it was another way of showing the violence of where fresh was and what fresh was doing without it being violent you know what i mean that storytelling of that shot has just like resonated in my head so much and then i think back to looking at them and like this was a movie that was made on a relatively small budget. Yeah. It was like three, three and a half million dollars. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. But so it was a, it's a relatively small budget, even in 1994. But that still is a budget that most independent films would like kill for. Right. It's like at least three times more than they, than they want. Yet with that budget, you had all of these characters in this film, every scene as real as the scenes felt, just like the scene you were talking about when uh, Fresh is talking to his sister. The reason, as beautiful as that is, the reason why you're not distracted by it is because it still feels real. Mm-hmm. Their wardrobe feels real. This doesn't feel like somebody like went and got the latest threads or whatever was hot and fashion at that time and then tried to dumb it down. No, this looked like, Fresh looked like he had on the t-shirts that Sean Nelson would have been wearing all week long around his house. And he may have worn each shirt all week long around his house. Cause they looked worn. Right. You know what I'm saying? Everybody looked like every piece of clothing, every stitch that everyone had on everything, every car that was driven, every gun that was, that was shown every ball that was bounced, every uh, plait that was in the little girl's hair, the jump ropes, everything in this felt 100% authentic. This, not only, they shot New York, this felt like New York. Right, you know in, in I mean? 1994. In 1994. Right. You, you were there. The language of these kids trying to, the one kid, Chucky, who was just, taking me out you know i busted dope moves i got the stupid moves i mean like i have in my notes poor dumb chucky poor dumb chucky because he was just at the end of the day he was what he was a pawn right he was just a pawn right that 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 fresh moved around the board as he fit and you know unfortunately you know things went the way they did but it just felt so authentic that's to me especially when you're looking in 1990, 1994, in the films of, of uh, about that time, like you said, by its nature, by by its title, and by like the the trailer and everything like that, you might think that this is some big gangster movie or some some big hip hop movie or, or or something like that. Yet, this is such a, a real film that it belies any of those uh, categories, and thus. I could see a lot of the audience going to it, maybe expecting one or the other receiving this and then not knowing how to feel, especially because it it could hit you like a gut punch Yeah. because not only is it real, it's so real that damn, 
you're feeling for this little kid, the spot that this little kid is in. You know what I mean? He's he. This is a, a kid that has his sister is addicted to drugs, and because his sister is addicted to drugs, she's just more or less bouncing from from dealer to dealer. Right. You know what I mean? Whoever can give her the fix, and and you know she'll give it up so they can get it. You know what I mean? He's trying to. You know, he's grateful to for the situation that he's in with his aunt Francine, I think. Right. He's living with his aunt and and grand and her grandmother. And her grandmother and, and, and a series of cousins. A series of cousins. Right. But it's eleven kids. Yes. In what looks like maybe is in a two and a half bedroom apartment. Right. In the projects. Right. You know what I'm saying? So honestly obviously he wants to little get a little bit out of that situation. He knows he's more intelligent than a situation that he's in, how can I maximize this to get out of this situation? My father, as much as he may drop his little pearls of wisdom about, you know, about, about how I can get the queen and what the, and what the, the, and that the king is nothing but just a taller pawn and a, and a hat or whatever with all of that. At the end of the day, He's not going to get me out of this situation. It's, right. it's all going to be on me. And 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 I'm 13. And I'm 13. You know what I mean? That is some real stuff. And if you are in 1994 and you're watching that movie, you are like, damn, it's a tough movie. It's a tough. It's a it's, it's a very a tough, tough movie. movie, man. It is. But it is it is so good watching this. I remembered watching it in the movies and and loving it. Mm-hmm. loving every inch of this film and d- shouting it on the rooftops to people and people like, you know, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. And obviously they maybe didn't get to it. It was made for 3.5 million. It made maybe 9 million. Right. So yes. Did it make back its money? Yes. Right. But did it make the money that it really deserved? No. And it wasn't the breakthrough role that it no. should have been. No, it Sean was not. It, 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 it cemented, uh, Samuel Jackson as a, as an actor on the rise at that time. Right. Um, it was just another another notch in the Giancarlo Esposito work. Right, uh, right, on, right. on his resume, but did it do do for uh, in Bushy right in Bush right what it should have? No. Did it do for Boaz Yakin what it should have as a director? As a director, probably not. No, no, because not at all. He made a couple of films, but you know, all I mean, admittedly, of... he did make. Uh, he did direct. Remember the Titans, so that was big, and he was a writer of films. He wrote, wrote some films of note, but no, I think this was easily his most. I would say, you know, had not having spoken to him, right, right, right. I would think that he would say this is probably his most personal because he took took it from some of his, you know, right. what he saw about. In, in, in uh, growing up, but in when York. you think about that generation of directors from this, right, moment, right, right, who? No, he didn't. You, you know, whether you're talking about the aforementioned Spike Lee, whether you're talking about even like a Kevin Smith, where mm. you're talking about, you know, Quentin Tarantino is starting out at this moment. John Singleton, John Singleton, like you're talking about names that 20 years later ring out, as they say. Yeah, and it's he, he, his is not. Who, when you look at their first features and you compare it to fresh many of them are not as good as fresh was so that's what i meant by it right didn't, it didn't do for him what it could have no it, it sure it sure or, or rather what it should have it's a remarkable film and i had actually forgotten the ending of this film that last shot mm. of the film watching it again it it's one of those things that i i love for in a movie i love a movie that has the bravery to stop on something like that. The story is for the most part told, but everything's not tied up in a bow. Right. And it, it, and it just leaves you, you know, like what next? Well, you know, I think, and, 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 you know, this may be because what has happened in, in the past 15, 20 years since I saw it is that, you know, now I'm a father Mm -hmm. and, you know, I just had a son. So you did. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. So all of this, is on my mind i was really moved by sort of the um this sort of display of something that i've known for a while now and that is that in america childhood is a privilege like children who get to be children in this country that that's a privilege and if you were privileged to not have to worry 
about adult things at an inappropriate age, understand that that's not a birthright. Like, like, so, like someone in your life, your parents, your grandparents, your guardian, your community, put the mechanism in place so that you could be a child. Right. And it starts at the very beginning. Like, like, you know, the, the, the film starts and, and, you know, as we said, fresh is kind of going from going, going to all of these different components of the drug operation. Like, you know, he goes where they package the drugs. He, you know, he goes, he picks them up, he takes them to a mid level dealer. And the whole time he's saying, I need to get to school. Right. So in the very beginning, you, you have this juxtaposition of, of this, this boy, because I'm going to keep saying it. He just turned 13. Mm-hmm. So he's a boy in this very dangerous adult world. And what struck me is that when you look at it, and, and again, to go back to what I said, and, and this is something I for like, I actually thought it was more violent than it was just sort of the years of remembering. Yeah. And I think maybe like, like you, you've pointed out, it's such a stressful watching situation that I forget there's so much quiet and it's just this, this impending doom. Yeah. But it's not a lot, but something that I know that his life gets threatened twice in the first five minutes. Yep. The first one is something that you would think like, like there's that make sure the counters, right? Like every sort of drug, you know, it's become a cliche and trope at this point, the drug dealer stuff, you know, make sure the count is right. Make sure the money's where it is. And, and a dealer tells him, you know, if the count isn't right, I'm going to kill you. Right. And it is striking because again, He's 13, but the next time his life is threatened, do you remember who threatens him, who who says, I'm going to kill you next? That was um, his cousin. His cousin. Yeah. Who, if Fresh is 12, 13, she's what? 13 and a half. She's 13 and a half. And and Fresh, you know, as, as we talked about, Fresh lives with his aunt and his grandmother in the projects, in this apartment, with 11 of his cousins and you know the implication is that all of them are the children of of addicts and 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 parents i mean it's 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 everything that we know about this era where where families just completely fell apart mm-hmm. and there may be one if you were lucky two people in families holding it together in this case there's an aunt and there's a grandmother and they have all of these kids in this apartment who, you know, whose parents are unable to hold it together. And fresh is already drifting into this life. Mm-hmm. And, and, and his cousin, his older cousin, like, like, like listen, you know, maybe she's 13 and a half comes to him that night. Or Wakes early, him in his sleep and in his sleep and goes to his bed and says, you know, I love you and you're my cousin, but there are 11 of us. And if you mess this up, and we all have to go to foster care and ever because of you. And, and you, he, she tells him, I'm going to kill you. Yep. And it's not played as a joke. And this is not you on the playground with your friends. This isn't your, your sister sneaking in your room and you're saying, I'm going to kill you. She is dead ass serious. Yep. I'm going to kill you. And that was so striking to me because what that made me do, obviously the film is about him. And, you know, there's, you know, it's, it's like the, the irony of the title. They call him fresh, but he's anything but fresh because his childhood has been taken from him. But what struck me from that moment is you have all of these children in this film who don't have the luxury to be children. Like we talk about Chucky. And Chucky's his friend. And, you know, and Chucky's just a product of pop culture. So Chucky parrots the things that he hears and, you know, and sees and you stuff. know, with, with the hip hop and the culture. And, you know, I make stupid, though. I make fresh moves. And I got those dope moves, home. I got them dope moves. And he's ridiculous. Yes, he is. But he should be ridiculous. Right. Because he's a kid. Mm-hmm. And kids are ridiculous. But he's in a situation where acting like that has dire consequences. Mm-hmm. And there are several children who lose their lives because they have the audacity to try to be children in an environment where you can't be a child. You know, you think about, and I don't think they ever actually named it, you know, the the kid who's good at basketball and he embarrasses Uh, James. He embarrasses James. Yeah. And 
He just has the exuberance of being good at something. Exactly. But he completely misreads the situation and doesn't understand the implications. And it's 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 uh, it's a beautiful like there's so many scenes in this film that you can just pull out the scene and look at it. And when you look at the way the scene is shot and you can see fresh understanding what's unfolding before everyone else and the you know the, the the kid gets shot and then you know fresh's little friend gets shot but the other person that i was sort of fascinated by and he like you know again you, you'll notice this is something that comes up again and again there there are actors who are only in a few scenes but the, the scenes that they're in are so powerful his friend hector yeah i was i wanted to talk about and hector, hector is also very cognizant of this world that they live in. And but but Hector, you know, I'm going to assume that Hector's home situation is more stable than Fresh's. But Hector has the foresight. Like Hector was the dude, and you know people like that. Like like I don't know about you, but I always knew people like people who kind of had a sixth sense about when something was about to go down mm-hmm. and they leave right before. Right. Hector is if you look at Hector in this movie Hector is the master of leaving right before things oh, yeah. get crazy. Oh, yeah. And so that when Chucky dies, Hector holds Fresh accountable because Hector understands that Fresh is doing something. Mm-hmm. And he's brought Chucky into his world. And he, you know, he doesn't know that Fresh is using Chucky, but he knows something is amiss. Well, he knows. He he doesn't know he's well, using right, he him, knows, but he knows he, he knows, knows right. he's know he's 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 playing him a little bit, you know what I mean? But what I liked about uh, like about Hector is that you talk about childhood being a privilege. And you could see that Hector like you say, his you could you get the sense from from his demeanor, from his well-being, from his upkeep and everything like that that everything's kind of okay as it can be in Hector's world, right? But there's also a good good sense about the boy. There's a scene where Chucky is talking to all of the guys in the back of his house, and he's talking about how he's going to be fighting his dog, and he's training his dog dog to fight and everything like that. And and Fresh, you know, dealing with Chucky as his best friend as he does, and Hector and another little boy. I can't, I don't know the other little boy's name. Sitting there watching it all play out, you know, because they're they're his boys. But you could tell Hector has the sense there's no impending danger there but he already knows gets the sense of what fresh is about and he knows that where chucky wants to be chucky wants to be busting the dope moves and everything like that and you can see see what this conversation is about and you can see hector the wheel spinning in hector's head that you know what I don't think we're going to be going to play basketball anytime soon right now. Mm-hmm. So Hector gets up from that scene without saying anything. Exactly. And leaves. But he pulls the little kid but with him. But he pulls the other kid with him. He, and the little other little kid is like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Right. Wait a minute. Like, and it's not, it's not Hector's little brother or anything. Right. No, he's just his, like you said, he's the he, young boy. He's the fourth dude. Yeah, right, he's right. that young boy. He's like, no, nah, you know what? You don't need to be here right now. Right. You don't need to be in here right now. You know... It, you're not old enough to make this decision. Come with me. Let's go be kids. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Y'all still my boys. Y'all doing your thing. We're going to go be kids. Right. Without even announcing it. Just walks himself out of the scene. That is the, the beauty of that character. Because everything he says like you and does, like you say, in that film speaks to that. So that when later on, after Chucky has what ha- happens to Chucky... And Hector confronts uh, Fresh about it. You feel it. Right. You know why he's doing that. Right. You know what I mean? Because Hector knows that of the four of us, me and you, Fresh, we're up here, dog. Right. You know, young boys where he is, and Chucky is on the is on a post. Right. It's us that got to ride these two right. out. I can ride young boy. You got to ride him. Right. Right. And this is where you rode it into. And dude, I can't have that. Right. And to and to Fresh's credit, because I'd actually forgotten, you know, I'm I'm you know, spoiler, Chucky dies. Like like you said, spoiler. I mean it's I mean the movie been out thirty years. True that. <laughs> but um, I had forgotten that Chucky died. I, 
basically accidentally. Like Fresh, true. Tre- Fresh didn't set up Chucky to die. No, he did not. He, he set him up to get jumped, and he counted on the fact that they were kids that they wouldn't get killed, and that you know he's setting this thing, th- this plan in motion to get all of these rival drug dealers to basically take care of each right, other. Right. And then you, you know things get out, things spin out of control as they do, and Chucky gets killed. But I think you're right. I think you're right about Hector and Fresh that they they are protective in their own way of the other two. Mm-hmm. But but you know again to me that's very sad that these two 13-year-olds have to be protective of some 12-year-olds and that they have to have this sense of and you know go back to what I was just talking about that's not to say there aren't moments where these kids try to be kids yeah like you know the the most heartbreaking scene in the film to me is when fresh is talking to the little girl that he has a crush on through the gate and this is this is somebody that at this point they've already shown that he navigates these amazingly dangerous waters mm-hmm. and and he's sort of you know hyper aware of everything and 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 you've already figured out that fresh is smarter than everybody else in this world. But when he talks to this little girl, he starts talking about cars and what he's going to get. They only talk in aspirations. They only talk in aspirations, but they don't talk to each other because they're little kids. Exactly. And they have a crush on each other and they don't really know how to, how to get that across, how to get that across because they're kids. Right. And you have this, you know, that, you know, you have that moment and then, you know, the final scene, where where fresh breaks down and and it does it you 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 remember that this 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 person is a child who had to do all of this who had to hold all of this together and you know as you said there are no real resolutions because his sister frankly is still a drug addict exactly at the end like he's going to try and like like he, you know I hear him saying I just won't get out the projects I just won't go somewhere else I know there's a weird thing to 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 put together but I always think sort of that kind of 90s almost pre Tyler Perry value system where people say oh we just need to get the kids out of the city and take them to the country and then put them in the country as if they don't have projects and drugs and this stuff in the country like like there is no escape. Like you know, you think about you, you think about um, menace to society, and they're gonna move to Kansas, right? We gonna move to Kansas, and it's all it's like no, they it's no, it's the same stuff in Kansas. Like there is no real escape. So when he says, "I just don't want to live in the projects anymore," and I'm gonna take my sister with him, like you said, that this isn't like like you just still you just moving the pieces to somewhere else, and all of that is on his face yep. when when it ends. So there's that. I want to talk about chess. The, you know, as, as we've mentioned, Fresh's father, played by Samuel Jackson, is this magnificent chess player. And, and Bust all the asses. And, <laughs> oh, right, right, because he has this wonderful... I eat his ass up. I eat, you put him on the clock, I eat his ass up. I eat all the ass up. He's a speed chess player, and, and I don't know... If people have ever seen this, but if you go to many parks, many parks, you will see men playing speed chess mm-hmm. for, with one another. And, and many of the men playing speed chess look like they're either homeless or or they are certainly, you know, living on the fringes. Mm-hmm. But they are magnif- magnificent speed chess players and you have to pay them to play. And Samuel Jackson plays one of these characters. And the whole film is framed as fresh playing chess with life and and how did you think that metaphor worked i think it works as an idea and and an idea that you certainly pick up i think could there maybe been a little bit more visual cues to it you know what i mean that's stylistic choices that's directorial choices right i mean like maybe in a scene you know where you know he gives up well, I guess in a way you can kind of think about it. Um, now, I was thinking about a, one of the metaphors I was thinking of, like if there was some way you could show, like, you know, when you lose a pawn and the pawn falls down. But now that I th- just thought about it, that is kind of like what happens to Chucky. Right. 
you know. So I guess maybe it is a little bit more there, a little bit more there than I actually felt, you know, maybe there in on a second or third watch now, because watching it now, this probably like you is maybe the third or fourth time I've seen it with the last time being years ago. Right. Then I probably would pick it up. I like the I I certainly like the idea of it. I I really appreciated it in the beginning, in the opening, when you see it building up the neighborhood, like one building at a time shows up on screen. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So so it's like the chess pieces being put into place right. in a way there. So I really appreciated that. I liked it. I'm not a chess player. Right. I have respect, immense respect for people that play chess. It just it has never captured my fascination in that way, but uh, I understand you know, all that it entails. Um, So I can certainly see the correlation Mm -hmm. with what he was going through and, and and him setting up the board in his, in in his house. And like, none of y'all don't touch this. Don't touch this board. Right. Right. This is, this is, you know, this is, this is my map. Um, So I, I felt that I liked it. I, you know, I enjoyed it. I liked all the little like lessons that Samuel Jackson was, was dropping um, in, probably as showy as I think he was still a little bit, this was still probably the most understated Samuel Jackson performance that I've seen that, you know, it's been a while since we've seen this Samuel Jackson. So, you you know, I think it's, it's one of those things where it's like, and, 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 you know, I I think maybe the Godfather, you know, I know they play chess in the Godfather, but, but, you know, it's, it's like one of those things where, it, it it has also almost become cliche by 2016. Mm-hmm. You know this image of 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 the criminal using chess as as a metaphor in its warfare and 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 you know maybe the one that I think of immediately, which there are actually a couple of 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 scenes that I don't know if it borrowed from Fresh, but certainly it made me think about it. Like The Wire, you know, you have all of this talk about chess and and what chess means and okay okay and and i um i remember being struck by it a lot more when the film came out than i did now it's it's, it's funny that you you said you thought there were that you didn't see some of the connections and i thought it was sort of overdone in some scenes with the chess oh, part really but again i'm also watching it after seeing a half dozen things where people talk about chess and and you know again the, the sort of the chess in in this kind of world and we're playing chess for real but i one thing i do remember when it came out this came out a year after searching for bobby fisher i was trying to figure uh, paint in my head which came first okay, yeah, yeah so this came out after yeah this came out in 94 searching for bobby fisher came out in 93 mm. and you know you have both of these films featuring these young boys right grappling with chess mm-hmm. and you know obviously uh well not obviously if you haven't seen it the, the the young man in searching for bobby fisher comes from a very sort of middle class very comfortable and and you know when they talk about chess they basically kind of use it to to examine the the relationship between his father and him in a way where where basically his father is is trying not to be basically one of those dads mm. you know forcing you his son to do things whereas in in this you have the father and the son relationship with the chess and this is how they communicate with one another exactly and, and you know and as 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 we said this is the best sam jackson's character can do like like you get the sense that not even the sense it's not even subtext it's text that this is somebody who has some type of 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 challenge oh yeah you know whether it's drugs whether it's alcohol whether it's you know i, I was trying to think there, there may have been a, a mental illness issue you, you know that he can't be a part of of the um quote-unquote legitimate world mm-hmm. you know he's fathering the best way he knows how right which, like, 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 Fresh is not even supposed to be seeing him. Right, right, right. Which Fresh is, you know, so there's been some court orders. Right. And, and you know, so I like that aspect of the chess, the relationship between the two of them more than I do. You know, you 
you know, somebody gets killed, you knock down a piece. And, yeah. you know, I kept waiting for when Giancarlo Esposito's character goes down at the end. I wanted, you know, I thought Fresh was going to get up and knock down a piece. Right, right, You know, right. we've taken out the king. But, yeah, I like the, the chess, but but I, I could have, like, in a film that, again, the, the, the terms that I used throughout my notes were reserved, quiet, contemplative. The chess, to me, was the showiest part. Okay. You know, then then even everything else. But um, you know, it works. It works. It does work. You know, it works. Um, Giancarlo Esposito's character as this sort of you, you know, I'm not going to say he's a, a a a proto um proto I'm trying to remember the character's name in Breaking Bad. Uh Gus. Gus. Yes, you know, Gus Fring. The Gus Fring, but but there are these wonderful layers to Esteban where you know he's a family man. Mm-hmm. And in in this weird, twisted way, he loves Nicole. Yeah, but but you you know again you're talking about the these 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 wonderful scenes. You know, there's a shot where where Fresh looks in the bedroom and Esteban is in there with his sister, and they're both naked, and 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 Esteban's body language is very possessive, like because he's like leaning over her. Yeah, but it's like. It's possessive, it's loving, it's ominous, and dangerous, all in the same shot. All there. And that's his relationship with her. Yep. And, you know, it's it's kind of, in, in a lot of ways, it's almost a product of its time. That, you know, Esteban is a gentleman drug dealer because he deals in the gentleman drug of heroin. Which is what you you know I'm I'm a he, he tells he tells fresh you know if you're smart you'll go into heroin you'll live a long time you retire at sixty to Miami with your family and you know the first shot we see of him he's you know and he barely raises his voice no nope. he barely and when he does become violent it's really over Nicole like when he goes and you know so so it, it is this this weird contextualizing of heroin as a a benign drug right but that was the 90s yeah that was the 90s you, you know i mean in full disclosure i look I, I got people in my family who have had issues with addiction and i remember having a conversation in the mid 90s about crack and heroin i remember that conversation in my family last year right <laughs> but but i had a you know i had a cousin that i'll never forget it he said you never see old crackheads but there are people they get on that heroin and just stay on it and you know at the time he was taught you know he was he basically had said you know the game done changed you know it's this crack is crazy crazy with the crack it's not like this heroin so you get this this snapshot of the moment like this is the moment like this is the part that you really do say oh yeah this is one of them 90s drug movies because in the 90s drug movies crack had driven anyone absolutely insane right so that you could say heroin is a gentleman's that's that's, that's a gentleman's pursuit you know i'm 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 a gentleman dealer like i'm like the kennedys or you, <laughs> you know i'm you know i just bring in alcohol and then you know it's i'm almost like like a a, a a buccaneer even right you know so but you juxtapose uh giancarlo esteban against the character corky right who was played by uh, uh ron bryce yes and he he still is not your, you know, you know, your stereotypical movie drug dealer. I mean, he's violent. Right, he, right, right. He knows how to swing a chain. Yes. Most definitely. But he still is kind of like, you know, a little bit more laid back. Right, right. You know, a little bit more mellower. Right. With it, you know, he could pop off at the, at the strike of a hat, but he can also still see, you know, recognize, you know, fresh uh, and his intelligence and where he wants to be. You know what I mean? And and recognizes that in him, you know, so it's not does not belittle him in any way. And it's because of who Fresh is and what he has built himself up to be is the reason why these two drug dealers believe Fresh. Right. And are quick to and are quick to take Fresh's side above anyone else's 
in their in their army in their camp. Right. Right. Because in fresh, they see an intelligent, straightforward as can be in that world, little kid with no reason to lie. Although it is worth noting that what again what sets them off, Corky thinks somebody is trying to cut in on his territory. True. Esteban thinks that Nicole is seeing somebody else. Well, Fresh knows what buttons to push. Fresh knows what buttons to push. But exactly I'm just saying, you know, it's the sort of difference, you know, for like you said, Corky is not as impetuous mm. as some of the other crack dealers. True. But he, like you said, he knows how to work a chain. You know, the 90s were a weird time with these movies. And I do think that there was a type of person that got off on the, the exploitive nature of it. And you go oh, into yeah. these movies and you want to see the, the they're very flashy and, and bang, bang and shoot, shoot and this that, and the other. And if you went into fresh looking for that, it's not, it's not there. really there. There's violence, but a lot of the violence is is off screen or it's like in shadow or it's just after the fact, or you don't see the result of, right. the, of the violence. Or it's very quick. Or very quick, like when you and see And then it's the, over. Yeah. yeah. There, there's nudity, but but the nudity really is guys. Yes. The only true nudity that, that is of note is Fresh and Giancarlo Esposito. Right, right. And, and let me just take a side right now to admit right now. Like on, on the Black Tribbles, Randy, uh, Super Tribble, has admitted that he has a man crush on Idris Elba. I think it's fantastic that he's comfortable enough in his masculinity to say that. Now, but, now, and you are about to say. I cannot say that I have a man crush on Giancarlo Esposito. Okay. But I will say that there will never be a day in my life that I will not wish that I did not have that man's six pack that he rocks in this movie. He had he may have a twelve pack. He, he, he I think he eats a lot of lean protein. He may must be the most fit human. A lot being of lean protein because he looked. There's a scene where he just like like puts his arms on his on his on his hips and his shirt flares open. And I'm like my God, it's reps, not weight. Yes. So he does reps. Yes. And with low weights. And so. I, I, I'm, yeah. I'm not with the reps and yeah. And, yeah. and my weights are only pasta. Right, so, right. <laughs> but my God, man. In 1994, I mean, you're, you're still a, a, a very attractive man now, but in 1994, you you were probably scaring people. This is well, it, it's it's so funny you should say that because one of the things that one of the things that I did say about Giancarlo Esposito in this film. And, and, you know, and again, you know, as we all know, he had his breakthrough role in Breaking Bad. I think he needed to, to, to get a little older. Like he's still, you, you know, cause black don't crack and brown don't frown. Like he's still, uh, you know, he looks like a young man, but you're right. The difference between however old he was in 1994, I'm sure he was in his twenties, maybe his early thirties. Mm -hmm. And now, Mm -hmm. It isn't. I think you're right. I think there is, like, he was so chiseled that it, it it is almost distracting, and so that now is like he's just old enough that people can kind of deal. Like Hollywood can just kind of deal with him now. Yeah, he's 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 quite a force he's in this a bad in this film. man. And again, 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 just a magnificent actor. Isn't he? You know, like like the the character of Esteban, like you understand how he can be a heroin dealer, and a family man, and obsessed with Nicole, and a mentor to Fresh, like all of of these colors. And it feels right. And it feels like this person. Yes. Like at the you know towards the end after there there's been this explosion of violence and he's going to see Nicole and his boy says I want to go with you I think I should you know watch your back basically and he there's this vulnerability to him because he's gone up to um what's 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 the dude's name the drug dealer that lived above the, the James James he goes up to James apartment and he basically sees proof 
that Nicole is up there. And you can see he's crestfallen. Like he's his 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 head is really not where it needs to be. So his boy steps in and says, you know, I should go with you. He said, No, 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 no. I got this, I got this. But it's this wonderful moment where again he brings his character to life. And you almost feel sorry for him. Dare I say, you almost feel sorry for him because at this point all the dominoes are falling. Mm-hmm. And fresh is the grandmaster like like this is this is his moment of trauma like i think about the end where he cries if that's his lowest point where he is the master of all he surveys when when all the scheme comes together and everybody's in the shootout and they tell him to stay in the car because he's a kid you're a kid so you stay in the car and they go and and you know as, as lynn said you don't see the violence but you hear it and you see, you know, you see flashes of it through the window of the apartment in the burial. And as, as Fresh eats his Snickers and Fresh gets out the car and sits on the car and swings his legs and eats a Snickers. Takes it all in. And it's like these poor fools are losing their lives and they have no idea. They have no idea that this this person has out thunk, out maneuvered, out all of them. Mm hmm. And, you know, so that he can get he and his sister out of this situation. But, again, it's it's just a wonderful it's a wonderful performance by all involved. It, it really it really it really was. It's a very underrated film of its time. It deserves to be considered one of the best movies of the 90s. I'm the, I wouldn't we even just say one of the best black right. movies. It deserves to be well, one of the best movies. Well, and I think it's worth saying, uh, Boaz Yakman is um, first generation uh, Israeli American. Yeah. So we have a white director. Yes, we do. Is this a black movie? 100%. Because? Because the majority of the film cast is African American. Okay. Or is black. All right. Okay. I'll take that a step further and the the it, the depictions of people of color are complicated, nuanced, a, a beautiful tapestry of of different types of characters. And um I also agree. I I just know those of you who heard the um listen to the zero episode, uh Lynn, I, I believe you you were a little bit more more strict in your reading <laughs> of what does and does not constitute a black film. So I just wondered which you thought I think it's a black film, but then I think a lot of black films. So. Yeah, no, you're crazy. But um, no, this is 100 percent a a black film, and this is maybe one of my favorite black films. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, this very one, nice. I really, I really enjoyed it, and I appreciated. I this is one of the reasons why I appreciate this mission that we're on. Okay. This gives me a reason to uh to take that all in all over again. Okay, so and, and I really enjoyed watching. So, so that means I have like a little chip then, like I have a little like yeah, like, all right, yeah. That's one of you. There, you, there right. you go. So, like when I propose a Medea month, you'll remember this. Yeah, well, it's coming. <laughs> I know, right? It's coming. Let me tell you, I was just um, uh, unfortunately drawn by my by the lady uh, to sit and watch "Unbreak My Heart," the Tony Braxton story. It would be hard pressed for there to be a worse television movie. Oh, television movie! I was about to because you know oh, I was no, about to rattle some stuff off. No, we don't have to review it. Thank okay, all right, all right. Um, there, but there is hard pressed to be a worse television movie than Tony Braxton Unbreak My Heart. Unbreak My Heart. That that is a, an appallingly bad movie. All right. From beginning to end, it is really bad. You know, I feel like every and we should wrap this up, but I, but, but I feel like every fifth or sixth episode we should pick a movie like i don't want this to turn into like like lynn and vince's masterpiece black theater and we only choose like like these sort of grand black well i didn't films. like straight out of compton yeah i know but st- like i feel like we need to do like a booty call or or soul plane or well, it's coming you know yeah, but, but you know i don't want to stack it like like you know we just do like sankofa and daughters of the dust and oh no you know, no, no, just, no 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 all right so but no, no, all right no, 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 no. so you would recommend this then i i, I take it you would recommend fresh, fresh. Yes. oh most certainly it's Absolutely. up there it's available for um watching on Netflix right now. Yeah, it's on Netflix right now. Sure um, is. But you can certainly, I'm sure you can go check it and find it on um, 
it, find it at, in video stores or on Amazon. It's on Amazon, very, yeah, for a very very low price. Uh, I would I would easily recommend it. Yeah, um, I don't know if it's available on Blu-ray, but but people who actually, I think this is a film that if you could see it in high definition, it it would do well, and I, because again the cinematography is amazing and you know i think this would be this would be a great blu-ray so you know but but certainly yes we both recommend fresh there you go there you go all right ladies and gentlemen that is it for this stop on the michelle mission we will return next week with um another edition you you know have you you want to you want to announce or no 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 i want to try i want to try something uh we are up on on twitter as well, uh, uh, under um, Michelle Mission, uh, it's actually Mission Michelle, but it's Michelle Mission. Either way, you'll find us on Twitter. And we're also up on, on Facebook, Michelle Mission. You can also like us on Facebook. But it would look for our announcement on Twitter and Facebook on exactly what our movie for next week will be to give you enough opportunity to go and check it out for yourself. So that when you listen to next week's Michelle Mission, you can have watched the film and say, what are they talking about? They are crazy. There you go. Because we're all on the mission. We're all on this mission. We're together. all on this mission together. All right. And we are going, we've been getting feedback from people. Um, thank you for following us on Facebook and on uh, Twitter. We're getting a lot of feedback from people. and We'll be sharing some of that on our next episode as well. Okay. So we really appreciate that. Tell a friend uh, to join us on the Michelle Mission Go to MichelleMission.com. For Vince, this is Len. And in parting, we say Good goodbye. We don't I don't we don't have a catchphrase. I don't have a catchphrase. I don't have a catchphrase either. Yeah. But if you listen to the music, there'll be a nice little fun little catchphrase coming do down do at do the do end. Do 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 so check do that do out. Alright? Deuces. It's time to bid adieu. It's been a pleasure knowing you. I'll see you when it's time to meet again.